Even when I've left, I'll do right by you I'll be your everything Your blue sky That show. I am your host, Frank Zavall. Thank you very much for joining me. As you can see, I'm not in my normal space uh, shooting the podcast. I am in Salt Lake City, and I just got done interviewing Scott D. Henry. Um, it was an, uh, it was such a blessing to sit down with him and just speak about life and about kids and about marriage and about work and about TikTok and about just everything that you could possibly think of. Our conversation goes on for a little bit over an hour, but it is absolutely worth a listen. Um, before I go any further, you guys, like always, if you have not, please like, subscribe, share to the show, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, TikTok, TikTok Instagram, and of course, the website, theprofessionalstepdad.com. Um, stepdads, please join our community. Get on the on the waiting list, if you want to call it that, just so we can have a collective group of men who are willing to not only change the narrative around what it means to be a stepdad, but are, who are willing to reach out and help as many stepdads as we possibly can. Um, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. This is episode 100, monumental episode for me. Um, I am so blessed and humbled to be doing this show. I am so blessed and humbled and grateful for each and every one of you. And I and I hope you I hope you enjoy the show as much as I did. For me, like we all have things that we've struggled through. My wife and I, we've both gone through some divorces. I've gone through two. Um, yeah, I'm one and a half. One and a half. Because <laughs> the, the second one, I was engaged, but but. She ended up leaving me on my birthday. Well, if you call it that, then Holly's got a few halves, I guess. <laughs> I, was, I got married when I was like 8, 19, and I got divorced at 25. Yeah. But I got married for money. Because okay. in the military, you get married. In the military, they give, you, they, they give you ridiculous amounts of money. To get married? So if you are in the military, let's, I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Okay. Let's say you make $1,500 every payday, so every 15th and the 1st. Okay. So, but if you get married in the military and you marry like another member in the military, yeah, you get around three to five thousand every. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they pay for you to live off post, pay for your apartment. Do they really? Oh yeah, it was. Oh, that's so why we did huge it. benefits. Yeah. Huge benefits, unless you think that you know our our objective was let's get married so we can get benefits, but we still like we were dating. Like let's just sure. get married. Let's do it. We got married at the courthouse, <laughs> and it ended up being a horrible idea because. Not, not, we were not both ready to get married. Mm-hmm. I was a cheating, conniving piece of shit. Okay. Bad. I was bad. Like okay. I, I wasn't faithful to anybody. Okay. Okay. Right? So, and then I find out years later, neither was she. Oh. So we weren't ready, but we weren't communicating. We didn't. Anyway, that's a long story. So the whole one and a half years. Yeah. Um. So you and okay. So you've been married twice. Yep. And well, now the third time. So what happened in the first two? Same kind of thing. Not ready for it. The first one, I really wasn't ready for. High school sweetheart. Just thought it was the next step in life. Even though there were signs saying, shouting, don't do this. Don't get married. It was just like, that's, you grow up in Utah in this culture. Like, that's just kind of what's expected. Are you Mormon? Uh, Yes. Are you practicing or not? No. Not practicing. Grew up Mormon. Served a mission. Um, Just kind of, no, not practicing right at the moment. What did you do on your mission? Costa Rica. Do you speak Spanish? Of course. What part of Costa Rica? I served in San Jose, but I was all over the country. I was in Siquiros for a while. Um, Punta Arenas. Nice. Yeah, we just got back from, or not just like, months ago I went to Manuel Antonio. Manuel Antonio. We, we were just there too, not long ago. There's this house that my buddy got us. And we were in the damn jungle. And oh. next to, I mean, it was incredible. 
Yeah. I, after I won the Toughest Nails TV show, I told my wife, we're going to go. I'm going to take the family. We're going to have a huge vacation. And it was Costa Rica for two weeks with the kids. In Manuel? In, uh, we were all over. All over the place? But part of it was Manuel on time. So I wanted to talk to you about that. So the show, first, unless you do, I don't know if you know this, but unless you do like an extreme amount of digging, there's, there's, you can't just find the show. I know. Why? <laughs> it's on Paramount+. Plus. And if you're, oh, yeah. Okay. And if you, if you have Amazon Prime Video, you can search it and get it there too. And, but Paramount Plus has now been, they took over the CBS streaming, I think. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. So, I didn't even know there was a Paramount Plus. Yeah, Paramount That's, Plus is a new. So it's like, new, it's like Netflix? It's like a new streaming okay. yeah, thing. So you can find Tough as Nails there. So what is Tough as Nails? What is that? It's a reality show that's based on like construction style competitions. And building and digging down or building and smashing concrete, just big physical construction style activities. And there's a team side to it, and there's yeah. also an individual competition. And on season two, my team, the Savage Crew, won the yeah. team, and then I won the individual. So is, is it kind of like um was that show where they vote people off? Survivor. Yeah. It comes on well, right now it's on right after Survivor. But really? Yeah, on CBS, yeah. And then I know it's yeah. It's just it was, it's a baby it's a, it's yeah. it's in its baby stages. It's on the third se- the third season just ended this week on Wednesday. Are you so since you won since you won? Uh-huh. Are you on it still or is it kind of you're done? No, it's kind of like you've seen the amazing race or heard yeah, of yeah, it. I know, so it's yeah. the same host, Phil yeah. Phil Kogan, yeah. and he's been he's been wanting to make a TV show called Tubs and Nails for I think it's yeah. been 10 years now. And so it's it's like that. It's just like a new a new crew every single season and I'm hoping that there's like an all-star cast. I was about to say, you watch, they're going to bring an all-star cast, but they're going to put you in a scenario where you're like in a desolate area and you got to take down an entire, like a, a whole village was burnt down. You got to redo it. Rebuild the entire village. Good luck. That's the whole show. Did you show. like that experience? Oh my gosh. It was so fun. It was so different for me. Like me being in Utah, I don't know anything about the film industry and about making movies like you. Like I, don't, I just don't know it. Yeah. I, I literally, like when I'm watching the show, I'm thinking it's Phil, the host, and there's like a couple people, like a camera crew, like holding oh, a camera. No. And then I, we pull up to the first day of shooting and there's semi-trucks and tents yeah. and craft services. Craft and services. And there's a dressing room? Uh, it was called, yeah, we called it the lunchbox to where we all went and sat in the lunchbox together. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so I, I was cool with it up until the first day of shooting because I was like, I got this. I can I can handle yeah. a couple cameras and I can still do my thing. But then I was like, oh, no, this is bigger than I ever expected. But then it's the same thing. As soon as, like, go competition mm-hmm. time, I forget about all of it. And it's just, oh, I have to break up this concrete. Okay, give me a sledgehammer. So you went from being nervous straight to work. Like straight you knew what you were doing. As soon as any of the work started, as soon as any of the competition started, I, I forgot about anything that was happening around me other than I'm going to smash everybody else. Wait, how do you, how do you, how does an individual do a show? Was it filmed where? It was in LA. So how does an individual, how do you, how are you doing a show and working a job? Uh, I took a leave of absence. Did they get pissed at you for that? They were actually really excited and I'm pretty awesome. They were, they were happy about it. And then the great, the hardest part about it was like handing in my cell phone and hand, like I, I didn't have email. I didn't have phone. I didn't. Yeah, you can't communicate with anybody. With, you can't share with, with anybody. anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so like I couldn't talk to my wife for six weeks. And Wait, they wouldn't let you call home? Nope. Uh, there was a, on my anniversary, because I was there for my anniversary, I got to talk to my wife and I got to say hi to my kids. And then <laughs> I'm not sure if I would. I mean, it's your, can't your, your wife could have just signed an NDA and she would have been. I, I know. 
right. I know they're, they're really secretive about it and I understand it, but yeah, no communication with the outside. Okay. So you do the show, but mm-hmm. you're working. Okay. So that's another thing. So your job is not a TikToker. Well, now it is. So you're f- working that full-time now? Full-time now. So you're not even working construction anymore? I'm not anymore. I've retired. From you're telling me industry. that TikTok has replaced your income for construction. The second, I told my wife, the second that I make more money doing social media stuff, I will quit construction and come back home. Because I was on the road. Yeah. I had, to, I had to work on the road three weeks away from my family and a weekend home. So I was gone for three weeks, home for two days. Gone for three weeks, home for two days. That was my schedule forever. Yeah. And it was awful. Um a big contributing factor to my two divorces and to just missing out on my whole family life is what I felt like it was right. doing. So in the last year and a half, finding this social media stuff and falling face first into it, I wasn't even trying to do it. It was just my stepdaughter wanted TikTok. And right. I was like, nah, no, you're yeah. too young. Yeah, that's what I said to my kids. <laughs> nope. They got me on and, and COVID. They're like, oh, you got to make videos dance. I'm like, nah, I'm just nah. And then it got to the point where, where I did a couple of videos and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then this thing ends up turning into television, right? I don't even watch TV at anymore. My wife and me, we get into bed as we put the kids to sleep and throughout the day or what we've done over the, so we always like a 48 hour delay uh-huh. and then we share the TikToks. Yeah. That's, and then we go to bed and that's it. Yeah. I haven't watched TV in forever. <laughs> I'll watch it's sports. I'll watch sports. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll watch a game. Yeah. But same we'll scroll through like the funny videos that we share back and forth with each other we'll talk about it or right. we'll, we'll talk about ideas of what we want to shoot the next day or if we have a, a how cool is that that when you go from literally your hands are probably freaking that of somebody that has been to war when it comes to oh work. i can and i and i still i'm so grateful for my dad taught me everything i know about construction yeah. and i love it like i pointed to the building out here i'm so proud that i was able to work on a big sky rise yeah. right across the street here and but it is not worth being away from my family anymore and being home and being able to be a good dad and a good stepdad and a good husband and to have a family life is yeah. so much more fulfilling than anything that I could build with my hands. So the kids in your family, how many kids? So, so I have three daughters of my own okay. and then Holly has a daughter and a son. Daughter and son. And Holly's, uh, the kid, Holly's kids, uh-huh. is their dad in the picture? Absolutely. Okay. And what's your relationship with them? He's a good dad. He's a good dad. Always been like that? Always been a good dad. Cool. And Holly would never, ever say that he's been anything but a good dad. And so, what about your ex? Good parents. Good moms. So your blended family is working. Blended family is working. My, I don't like talk. I don't, I don't talk about it a whole lot. I don't see my oldest daughter. It's been a struggle. Why? Just bad blood. Um, with her? With the mom. Okay. I, I, yeah, I don't talk about it a whole lot. I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong thing like what are you pissed at your daughter i'm not pissed at my daughter no, i was about to say, then how could you say i just am it's just been hard i can't she's just been upset at me i we i we got divorced right when my daughter was born and was this your first year or second my first your first okay. she's my oldest and it's been a struggle to see her ever since just right. because it's been a punishment and a it's yeah okay so then the relationship i'm going to try to paint this picture the relationship that you have with your first wife is not the best no at all no and she is i'm assuming putting you in the position where you almost have to choose between your current life and your family especially like along this journey right because as you get new families and new kids and things people come into the picture your old for instance my mom uh 
which my mom has known my wife for, like I told you before, since we were like six. Sure. But when I asked my wife, or my when I engaged, when I proposed to her, my mom wasn't having it. My mom hated it. Okay. Which didn't make any damn sense, right? To me, right. When I found out later on down the road, even at the wedding, at the wedding she came to the wedding. Okay. And then she got sick, and left that night. Right. She didn't even get to. I didn't get to do the 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 dad mom dance. You know that you do. Oh, sure. I didn't sure. Do any of that. And I found out later on it's because she was she's holding on. She was trying to hold on to something she couldn't hold on to anymore. Okay. So instead of just being an adult about it, and especially my mom, she decided she was going to push mm. against it. And her way of pushing was to despair. Just to separate herself from it. Right. That's too bad. Well, what I mean is, what I'm trying to say is that's a, that's a, an extreme of my oh, mom. very much. Right? So when it comes to your oldest daughter and the relationship you have with her, you don't talk about it because you can't do anything about it? I can't do anything about it. At all. I could go back to court and fight, but my, <laughs> my past with fighting in the courts has and I've never gone in my favor. Um, I've spent a lot of money and it's just... In Utah, I was told if I was divorced at anywhere but Utah, then I would have had more time with her and I would yeah. have been able to fight more. But it's just parents or dads um, trying to fight for time with their kids is not – dads don't get yeah, – Dads get the dad, short end dad, of the dad, stick. Yeah, they for sure get the short end of the stick. And, you know, I'm not saying I was this perfect guy and the divorce was all her fault and we never fought. And yeah. I'll never say that. I ha I, I'll own up to my mistakes like you just did. Yeah. Where you just said I was a jerk. I, I was a jerk. I, I had anger issues. I, I lied about things. I, I, never, I never did cheat on her. Never once. And, but I was away a lot. Um, I wanted my career to go a different way than she would have wanted. And, you know, just a lot of things came to head at the time when my daughter was being born. And it just has gone downhill from there. So... Um, I'm just wondering, again, this is just, I'm speculating, but I'm wondering why she's holding such a grudge against you. I don't know. You t 15 years later, I don't know. Uh, okay, so do you do that a lot? Do you do that as a person, even in your current life? Do you, like, you, you struggle probably like I do with it when it comes to, when it comes to whether it's confidence, whether it comes to uh, the way we feel, act display ourselves in front of people, you know, oh, the yeah. fear of being judged and all that other fun stuff. And, oh, yeah. and our job as dads is to teach our kids, don't pay be any confident. fucking attention to that. What are you doing? <laughs> and yet, behind closed doors, we're like, shit. Yeah. Right? So from an individual that went from no platform to this platform, right? And now that you're sharing, and this is, this is not what's confusing me, Scott, because, again, I understand you're not wanting to ruffle feathers with your oldest daughter, so we'll drop this up. But you don't seem like the... You you share. I see your videos. I do share a lot. You of share my a life. ton. I share. I, I've I've been extremely open with who I am, and I have talked about this a little bit. Yeah, I have touched on this a little bit, and um, but the response that I got when I did talk about it was, "Oh, there has to be a reason. Like, what are you, what are you lying about? <laughs> you know, yeah. you must be a jerk if you like if she's keeping like, and if I I know who I am." I, I know I've done some dumb things, and yeah. I, I, a guy who, got, who has gone through two divorces is going to have some issues. <laughs> it's just There are some things that I'm not good at. I, like I said, I had to learn how to control my anger. I'm an extremely competitive person, and that kind of can come across as I, – I, and I have a temper. Like I just, I'm going to straight out say it, but it in no way should affect who I am as a dad and how much time I get to see my daughter. Right. I agree. And I think 
I honestly think that uh, I had a friend of mine who got a divorce kind of like that yeah. with, his, with his daughter. And all they did was fight. And all they did was go to court. And all they did was that. And one day, uh, our mentor, this guy that we, would, we were working with, literally, and this guy's name is DP, literally told DP, he goes, why don't you just go to the house and not just apologize for everything, but literally just put everything in. Like, big. it's all you. You do what you need to do. I'm going to be here. I'm no longer fighting you. If you want to ha- see it in within your heart to allow me to see my daughter, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'm available on my phone, email. I'll fucking show up in my truck at two in the morning if that's what it's going to take. But you need to know that I'm done fighting. Like, I know you want this back and forth because right. maybe it makes you feel alive still, or maybe it makes you feel like you still have that little bit of control over me. Right. But I'm fucking taking it off the table. It's like selling. Okay. Right? When you sell to somebody, if I'm selling you your diet Mountain Dew, and you keep asking me, well, you know, I like it, but you know, it's just the price. It's cheap, and, or it's a little steep for me, and I don't know if I can afford it. Right. But, but Scott, look, it's got a, a cold glass of ice with you, and, and it's going to be good. It's going to go That's down. That's an easy sell for me. <laughs> I'm going to suck that down. But let's just say you keep, let's just say you keep kicking back against it, right? One of the things they teach you in sales is take it off the table. If I take it away from you. Then it's not even an option. Now you're going to want it more. And so okay. if I take, so, and I'm, I'm kind of throwing the reverse at it, which is, Maybe the problem is, is the fight is it's the you're bucking up against something that you not only don't have any control over because you can't control somebody's emotions, right? No, you can't feel make anybody feel any way they want to feel. No, but if you put it in a scenario, and again, this is going to take time and patience, of course. But sure. if you put it into a scenario where it's kind of like, like you, you're in charge now. I'm on. You're, all you're going to get from me is nothing but love and support, and she's going to buck up against it maybe she won't i don't know so i'm i'm at that stage i <clears throat> i fought and fought and fought and fought and fought, yeah. and fought and fought got just so tired of the fighting now it is a, a weekly hey when can i see her this week oh you can't okay well when can i see her next week oh, you can't oh okay when can i <laughs> and it's just consistent mm-hmm. and all i know is if i'm consistent that maybe that will and I don't even know if the messages are getting to my daughter. I, just, I don't know. I don't know what's being told to her. Are you not allowed to communicate with your daughter at all? No. Um, I have never been given her cell phone. It's, uh, yeah. I get you. I get you. But here's a problem that I'm going to have with you sometimes is the fact that I get what you're saying. And I understand the kind of man that you are. That's the only reason I'm interviewing with you. Because if I thought you were a piece of shit, I would have never reached out to you. I just, I'm being honest. Like, okay. Here's the one thing about me. When it comes to talking about being a dad, a stepdad, uh, a mentor, a leader, um, a husband, um, an individual that walks around with confidence and walks around with insecurities. Sure. Right. When I talk about all that, I don't talk about it in a way that I'm trying to baby fucking anybody. Sure. Because I don't give a shit. Right. Uh-huh. Like that's why I explain to these stepdads, like you want to, most of you are fucking complaining all the damn time. And you're not actually doing the work to get there. Right. So when you say consistency, you're hoping that consistency gets to, to the point where your daughter sees consistency out. and reaches out. Correct. Yes. That is probably the smartest game plan you can think of. Okay. Um, but you probably are leaving out the fact that you're still fighting up against her a little bit. You're the mom. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. And just, just think about it like this. Um, when you want to get in shape, let's just say. Okay. You want to get in shape. If you are working out three days a week and eating healthy five days a week, but on Saturday and Sunday, you're fucking sucking down beers, and eating hot dogs and hamburgers. Uh-huh. Everything you did before is going to go. It's canceled out. And you start over again. So every time you want to try to control the situation, were you a control freak in that relationship? Maybe a little bit, yeah. Okay, so you think maybe she's holding on to the fact that you were in control and that's one of the reasons why you guys got divorced, other than the fact that you left? Or maybe. Okay, point is, is that 
you got to, whomever you were when you met her, she still thinks you're that person. Uh, yeah. She has yeah, to. For sure. Because if she knows you, if she knew you now, yeah. and she sees how you are now, you don't paint a picture of that. Yeah. Well, I'm not that guy. And hopefully, like, of course we're going to, we want to be better than who we were the day before or the previous marriage or the two previous <laughs> marriages. Like, you do, you want to learn and, and grow and get some of these things under control that you were very destructive in your previous years, mm -hmm. when, in your younger years when you're an absolute idiot and trying to figure things out. So I am 100% a different person today than I was back then. Yeah. But I'll never be able to prove that to her, and I don't want to. I don't think like that's what I have Good. to do. Good answer. I she doesn't. That that doesn't mean anything to me. What means something to me is that hopefully my daughter gets to know who I am today. Period. Well, I mean, she, the chances of her actually hearing you say that out loud on this is going to be tough because you know like the mostly stepdads hear this. <laughs> but I I wanted to kind of push you to the point of you just talked about it a little bit because yeah. you don't share. Uh, you do share a shit ton, man. I, I mean, do. I'm I'm pretty open. It's because I, it's because I have been through a lot, and I have learned a lot. I've come. I think I've come a long way. Like honestly, if I if I was still a piece of garbage, I wouldn't share anything of my life or of my past. If I if I was still that person, I'd keep quiet. I never would have got on social media. Right. Like, but you want You weren't even on it before, really, right? No. Right. No. So then, your biggest struggle, let's just call it from the stepdad, dad, from a stepdad. And dad point of view, you're living in a blended family house. What's your biggest struggle at? Biggest struggle? My biggest struggle is my oldest daughter. And I think because of that, I am, I've been given this opportunity with my stepkids. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I look at it as like I was handed two pieces of gold with my two stepkids. Right. And I'm going to be honest. They're the biggest blessing that has ever come into my life. Like, I'm not even kidding. And... We don't have our kids this weekend, but Drake had a soccer game at seven this morning, and you better believe I'm there showing up, cheering and cheering him on, right? And everything that he does, and everything that Lottie does, and they're the they're the sweetest kids, and just the biggest blessing. And I, I just wish I could share me like my father, my my parenting skills with my oldest daughter, because I know I just it's a blessing for all of us. I think that we came into each other's lives. Right. Do they, was it immediately like a seamless thing or was it tough? <sighs> to be honest, it was seamless. For me, it was seamless too. I mean, and I, I like to say it wasn't, but I, and I, yeah, I, well, I want to say immediately. Like, and I feel, I really do feel <clears throat> bad for the stepdads who, who struggle and, and have a tough time with like being a part of the kid's life. Because I remember Lottie, the first time I met Lottie, I came in, sat down on the couch she brought a book over sat on my lap and i i read a book to her and you're there and, right. it, and that was it yeah. and it was the cutest thing and, and she's been a little sweetheart the whole time and, and we were talking before this like i've been waiting for the the famous you're not my dad mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't tell me that you're not my dad how old is she she's 12 okay so mine happened when it was 11 12 okay see and i figure it's gonna be coming but i I, don't, I would almost wear that as a badge of honor i feel if i feel great like, answer i feel great answer i feel like great. if that comes out i'm parenting i'm actually being a stepdad and i'm right. parenting and if it's hey you can't tell me that you're not well i'm your stepdad and i've been here a long time i can say this to you so this is my argument with a lot of uh bio dads and and bio moms or whatever actually it's anybody that wants to try to give me fucking advice about my about my family which is you know there is a a 
misconception and a false narrative around step parenting, right? And if you look at what society tells you, we're alcoholics, we're abusers, <laughs> we, we, we molest our kids, you know, we... There's well, a that's lot the of, famous saying, yeah. is you treat her like your stepchild, like... Yeah, like, yeah. mommy dear, I don't know if mommy dear, but she's... Anyway, but that whole, um, that whole narrative around, like, a, being a step parent uh -huh. and parenting and the whole line that's the whole line in the sand that's strong, which is you can, you can do up to this, but then mom has to be in control because she's the, she's biological. She's biologically yeah. right. Okay. So I buck up against that. Here's the reason why, because obviously if you're parenting, you're parenting, just like you just said, right? If you, if you guys are in, a, in an argument, she's disrespectful. You're going to parent. Mm -hmm. That's what parents do. But the moment that, that line is drawn in the sand. Mm -hmm. You're limiting your, um, not only your value, but you're limiting your ability to parent. To be a parent. Right. Yeah. It's got to be a 50-50 split. Uh, yeah. Now, mind you, you're not being dad. That's a, there's a difference between I'm biologically dad and you have to listen to me to these four walls in this house, my home, you live in it. When you live in it, these are my rules. Mom has to agree with it. You have to be on the same page oh, yeah. and you move forward. But yet, so many of these stepdads who are struggling struggle because they feel like they have no i don't want to say power because power seems a little bit aggressive but they feel like they have no power no say no voice no voice that's yeah. the better way to say. yeah so with that with with that being in that position for for stepdads and then the position that you're in right when it comes to you somehow lucked out and got yeah. two bio parents on each side of the, the realm that sure everybody gets along with right absolutely so have you ever ran into that scenario where you parented and and maybe was corrected? Yeah, yes, everybody's 100%. like, "Hey, percent." No. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and you have to do that dance. That dance is going to happen. Yeah. Like, I'm going to use my parenting style that maybe Holly had never seen before, and is going to be like, "Whoa, nah, you know that that doesn't work here." And then behind closed doors, we have to have a conversation. Right. What, what works? What doesn't work? When do I step in? When do I leave it alone? And, you know, if I, if I see my kids disrespecting Holly, that's when Papa Bear comes out. I'm going to protect my wife and stand up for my wife no matter what. Did your dad do that with you? My dad, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. My, my dad was a, you do not disrespect your mom. Right. And I respected my dad for that. Because I agree. I agree. I, my son does it all the time. He'll talk back. I'll hear him from my office, from the other side of the yeah. house. If I hear it, I'm walking out. Oh, absolutely. I don't like that. I at don't all. talk to your mom. Like Especially that. since he's the only boy with a bunch of girls. He, the only person he really takes aggression out on is me. Okay. Right. So like, he, we'll, I'll, I'll fight with him. Meaning, like, we'll wrestle. Oh, sure. Or we'll play one-on-one -on -one basketball. Yeah. But when I see that he's trying to take that style and uh -huh. put it into his sisters uh -huh. or his mom. Nope, I can't do it, can't do it. But I used to be worse, man. I used to be, okay, so the way I was raised, I don't know how you were raised. The way I was raised is, um, you don't talk back, you finish your fucking dinner. Um, I was whipped, welted, and belted, oh my and bled in my legs. My kids don't even get it. Not at all. Man, my dad, my dad, again, I love my dad, but my dad was, and I grew up around alcoholic parents and, and drug addicts. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why I was a piece of shit. Okay. Right? It really was. I mean, I, I'd like to say that I've always been like this trustworthy person. Okay. But I haven't. I, I just haven't. I, I mean, if it was me, I'd like, I probably should have been in prison. Oh, really? Easily. Okay. I mean, from insurance fraud to running drugs across the border. Sound right. Oh, so I you got were an awesome in it. story. Okay. Oh my, God, yeah. my story of insurance fraud is it's, it's statute of limitations. 
don't matter anymore. So I'm in the military. I, I lease a truck. Didn't know what leasing meant, by the way. <laughs> Nobody told me what it meant. So somebody tells me, uh, you know, oh, you should fucking, you should lift that truck up in the air. Put some big tires. I'm like, yes, I should. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I dropped I 10 grand in this truck, oh, no. lift it in the sky. I put TVs in it. I did everything with it. And then like two years later, I get this letter in the mail saying, hey, it's the bank. This is what your truck you owe us unless you want to return for lease. Right. So I went to the bank. I go, what? What is, what is this? this thing? And they go, we, you didn't. You don't own the truck, sir. You have it's to give a, it back. Lease it. I go, what? <laughs> so the truck was like taking in price for like forty thousand dollars, which is money I just did not have to buy. Sure. And my credit was probably just shit. So <laughs> that night, me and all my buddies decided we were going to go out drinking, and we went out drinking. And this is in North Carolina, by the way. Go out drinking. We decide, hey, you know, it's a really good idea. Let's get rid of these cars. So my my other friend who was in the military with me was getting out a week later. He was going back home, which, would, by the way, my home of record in the military was Arizona. Okay. Specifically Bisbee, Arizona. And his home of record was Globe, Arizona, which is about 30, maybe 50 minutes apart. Okay. So that's just remember that. So he takes my fucking truck a week later. Or, no, we break a window. We collect the glass. I collect the glass. He takes the truck. We take everything out of the truck, the TVs, all that stuff. He takes the truck, drives it across the country back to Arizona. While he's en route, that Wednesday, I call the cops to say my truck's stolen. I drop the glass in a parking spot. I'm like, this is where it was. They opened. Oh, they it opened. was fully oh, planned. I, mean, I watched way too much Law and Order. I'm not kidding you. I sprinkled it. I, I did. I did everything that I need or I thought I needed to do. Stupidly, the entire night while the cops were taking out my report, I'm texting them, "Hey, how's the trip going? Everything good?" You now, mind you, this is the point. There? This is the point where they didn't have. You know, we were still doing the flip flops. Oh yeah. So, little did I know they were going to subpoena all those text messages uh. to Skip. This is, we call him Skip. His name's, um, well, Skip was his nickname. But he go, drives all the way to Arizona, drives it off a fucking cliff, and explodes at the bottom. <laughs> he literally of drove, drove it off the cliff. cliff. Drove it oh off. Oh my gosh. A little crazy, a little crazy. It's found at the bottom of the cliff, completely destroyed. But the idiot left the keys in the car. And that's another point of view. So <laughs> they start investigating it and they started putting two and two together. You know, and when they found my truck, they're like, you know, we found your truck in, in Arizona. I'm like, oh yeah, that's in North Carolina. Remember, it was in North Carolina. I was still, oh yeah? And I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, really close to your house. Like, yeah, matter of fact, it's in Globe. And I'm like, oh, well, that's fucking random. And then they go, and then they go, uh, well, you know, your your friend, Martin Paulson, uh, he got out of the military. We, we haven't been able to find him. We go, but we found the car in Globe. Did you know that he lives in Globe? Oh, I'm like, no. No, I didn't. Uh-uh. Now, I no idea. So, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm fuck i'm done like there's no way i get out of this so all i remember is this is new jack city when i was a kid which was you stick to your story oh that's it no matter what no matter what this is my car got stolen right so i stuck to my story i'm like i don't know what you're talking about they're like they get my text messages like remember they couldn't read it and they just saw who i was texting they're like why are you texting them so many times they couldn't see the actual messages oh that's they just saw the number okay right but they're like, why are you texting the guy that we're investigating that we found your truck in his hometown the night you reported the truck stolen? I don't know. Seems random. I said, when I said to him, I was like, yeah, I was just seeing what he was up to. What he, I don't know. I didn't know where he was. I, nobody had seen him, and I knew he had left. I'm like, nobody had seen him, so I, don't know. I was just trying to get a hold of him. Um, fast forward 30 days, and 
I'm fucking panicking. I'm freaking out. I call my dad. I go, dad, um, I'm about to confess to, and I tell him the story. He goes, okay. I go, so I'm probably going to go to federal prison. And this is federal it's insurance fraud. Federal I'm in the military at the oh time. Gosh. This is a federal <sighs> offense. I go, but I'm about to plead guilty. And I just need you to know that I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, you're going to probably have to fly out here, maybe bail me out of jail. I mean, I was making my peace with it because I was uh-huh. so stressed. Uh-huh. So stressed to the point that my the wife that I was married to, the first my first wife, Sarah, during that whole toboggle, she leaves. She oh, she was yeah, like, I'm out of here. I, she couldn't stand it. She couldn't stand the person that I was. I mean, I had turned into a full-blown alcoholic. I mean, uh, full-blown. I was drinking cases of beer today. Cases. Because that stressed. And that the was, stress. Oh, and sure. the fact that the military, other than making you whatever you are, teaches you how to be an alcoholic. I'm not kidding you. Okay. It's really like embedded. That that alcohol and alcoholism is embedded within the, um, you know, like the DNA of the military, especially oh, wow. when you get to your posts. Okay. You know? So... Hey, that's besides the point. So I call the insurance guy. Phone rings, and I'm like, hey, let's say his name's Scott. I can't remember his name. Mike is Scott there, and he's my insurance adjuster, which was working with CID. And CID is like a CIA offshoot of the Okay, okay. So um, I go, I'd like to speak to him, please. I, I need to talk to him. Mind you, this was 30 days, 30 days. So he gets on the phone, and I go, Scott, um, I don't know exactly how to put this, and I don't know what's going to happen next, but I really need to just type. Frank, um, before you go any further, we just need you to know I just got out of the office or I just got out of the meeting with my boss. We can't really, we cannot find real evidence tying you to Martin Paulson. So as of today, your case is closed, and we will go ahead and reimburse you the ten thousand dollars for your that you have, in, you know, the receipts that you had. Um, we apologize for anything that went through. We paid off the truck this morning. You're good to go. No. So this was like a moment in my life where I could have been like, no, 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 like. I need to tell you the truth, like type thing. And instead, I'm like, okay, well, hey now, <laughs> the phone, and that's one of the reasons why I should be in prison. That, oh my god, this is the kind of things that I used to do. Dang, right? So that now, a full movie. And now that I'm a dad, it's oh man, it's such a like, it's such a put on the brakes of who I used to be. Yeah, because I used to live this fast-paced, crazy life. Sure. And now I live this very monotonous. Everything's kind of the same thing mostly during the days because we have families, right? Yeah. So that is just an example of me being a piece of shit. My gosh. Maybe one example. But that's a great example. It molded me, I guess, you know? <laughs> For sure. Like that's a that's unbelievable. You have brothers, right? Yeah, I've got three brothers, seven sisters, huge family. What? Yeah, big old family. Okay, so we talked about this earlier. You your religion is you're a Mormon, but you're not a you're not practicing. Right. So here's something you may not know about me. My whole family? Yeah. All Mormons. Oh, for real? I'm not. Okay. Right? But And that's one of the other ignorant things that I deal with my family and friends, which is they assume that because my family is Mormon, and then fill in the blank of all the stupidity that, that the religion gets. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. It's never bothered me enough. No. As a matter of fact, I even go to church with the kids during the first hour because I believe that that first hour is pretty much the same. Sure. Everywhere. I agree. I mean, it's just... Read, sing, pray, 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 bye-bye, see you later, (laughs) right? So does your, you being not practicing, does that have any effect on the kids or the family or the, nothing at all? Is anybody practicing in the family? My whole family is. Okay. Why aren't you practicing? Same reason why I'm not? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I didn't really think that it was relevant. 
I really didn't. I mean, I believe, see, I'm not an asshole, so I agree with what they want to believe in. Yeah, absolutely. Family is important. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I believe a lot of, a lot of what the, what the church talks about a hundred percent. I just, I want to be more spiritual and have a personal spiritual relationship rather than be religious. If that makes any sense. That makes a fucking ton of sense. I think spirituality is way more important than religion ever will be. I, I honestly, I'm usually have something to say. <laughs> that is fucking well said. <laughs> that is well said. I mean, it's simple. Yeah. It's real simple. And my personal relationship with whatever I believe in has nothing to do with how many times I go to church. I agree. So, especially the way you treat others. That's it. When you handle, um, I'm kind of jumping your TikTok stuff here, but when you handle people that are complete idiots to you, especially like people, I saw a couple of recent videos where you reacted in a way, in a, in a positive way to people that want to hit you and knock you down. Oh yeah. What do you think the reason for that is? I think honestly, me and my wife, obviously we talk a lot about it and it is 100% a projection of who they are. And like you hear the things that they're saying, they say, Scott, you're a, you're an awful person. You're a narcissist behind the scenes. You're this terrible guy. Like they know me. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the funniest thing. They'll see a few like one minute videos in a day. Like it's a one minute video right. in a day. And they think they can dissect your life. And that's my whole life. That's who I what am. What about the one where you were like selling some MLM? Oh, that I, was hilarious. But I, I am in network marketing. I know. But that, but what I mean is, is again, people's ignorance of yeah. life and what life is, they assume multi-level marketing is pyramid scheme. Is and pyramid scheme. And it's not. It's, I used to do that shit. And, I, and the only reason I don't do anymore is because I get into acting. Sure. I, was, I was with uh, Vima and I was with a few other companies. But I don't think they understand that their current job that they're in is an MLM. Think about T- tell me a tell me a company that isn't right. There's, <laughs> it's just because they, they painted it a different picture and it's pronounced something else. It doesn't. It's the same. I, and thing. I thank you so much. Like because I, you never know how you're going to get received when you're like you're in network, network marketing. You're scamming. It's like they they paint this picture like I'm walking down the street looking for my next victim to scam. Uh-huh. I'm like I'm going to get this. You get three person. people. They'll get three people. <laughs> Fucking, how do you think things get done? Why do you, how do you think people go see fucking movies? How do you, do you think people just go because they heard it from them, their person next to them? No. Yeah. Somebody at work or somebody fucking on television told them that this was a great movie and everybody went, that's network marketing. They're yeah. network and marketing. You got a manager at McDonald's. He's got some managers underneath him. Everyone else works under them. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this person gets paid more than that person. <laughs> And, 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 if, and if the crew at the bottom does really well and sells a lot, guess who makes them more money? Right. That's fucking 100% real. But people don't see it like I that. Know. I, I know. You know why? It's because scammers on freaking, you know, TV and, and how they portray it in movies oh, yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. I think we were talking about that earlier when it comes to, like, the whole stepdad thing. Like, you and I are both stepdads, but we're not pieces of shit. Have you seen Cinderella? Like the way step parents are just portrayed in yeah. Disney movies, it's like it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe because back then step parents were, and like even the word step parent, when I use the word stepdad or like my stepkids, mm-hmm. don't say stepkids. It's evil. Why? Well, tell me why me being a stepdad is this horrible, evil thing when I look at it as the biggest blessing in my life. That's weird. Like, what perspective are you looking at it from? Or did you have awful step parents? Yeah. Well, that's hard. That sucks for you. Are you a bad step parent? Change it. I'm a great step parent. 
my kids are amazing stepkids. There's not one evil negative connotation with the word stepkid, and I never will ever see it like that. So you said earlier about this wearing like things like a badge of honor. Oh my gosh. I, I think that this whole step word is a badge of honor. I, 100 I stepped agree. up, I stepped through, yep. I stepped forward. I mean, this is just what I do. Now, my three youngest kids call me dad. My two oldest kids call me Franco. Cool. None of that matters because when I talk about my kids, unless I tell you I'm a stepdad, like literally, if you I talk about know. my kids, you will never you fucking never know. know. Right? And that's when you know you can get to a level within your relationship with your kids and your family where there are no boundaries. There are no limitations right. and there are no freaking labels. Right. But so many step parents, Scott, are holding on to that. I, I they know. hold on to it. And they don't know how to get past it. And that's one of the reasons this show exists because they have no idea how to get past. How do, how do, how does a stepdad get past not feeling valued? He has to have value in himself first. I think that's where you're like the order of me, us, me, us, them, <laughs> me, us, them comes yeah. into. If, if you're getting your value from what your stepkids call you or how they feel about you, that just means you yourself don't value yourself as a stepdad. If you don't see value in what you do as a stepdad, what they do won't matter. So <laughs> you've got to find you've got to find ways to show that your own value. Show up to your kids' things, even if they don't want you there. Like show up, right? Show up, be there. Always be there for your stepkids and your kids. If like <laughs> if if you get a negative reaction and they don't want you there, just like literally always be there for them and show them that you'll always be there for them. Like. I think that's the biggest thing. Be there. So what, do you, but what about stepdads? Let, let me rephrase this. What about men? Because okay. men are, we're, we're, a lot of us are closed-minded. Sure. We don't like to Don't show emotions. Help. Don't show emotions, all that stuff. Uh -huh. what, do you, what do you do to, uh, to a stepdad that knows what he has to do? Uh -huh. Let's say he hears it now. Okay. And we, when we're, we're, we're not pitching, but we're saying, look, you really want to change it. You got to fucking work, do you first. Like you gotta, that's the only way this changes. Oh, that's it. But they, they've grew up with, well, personal development and growth is, is also a scam and it doesn't work. And reading books and helping understanding who you are, seeing a counselor, right? That is, yeah. Why is that negative? I don't know. I saw a counselor with my wife. We saw a counselor before we got married. We started seeing a marriage counselor before we were married. It's so smart. Right. It's so smart. And I, I, I bucked up against it for about 10 minutes. And then I first, first time I was there. First session, you were like, okay. I was like, wow, that was the most valuable thing I've ever done. Right? Right. Because it opened up the lines of communication. It allowed a mediator so that we didn't feel that an argument can turn into this blowout. Sure. Um, and that's, that's, that's the whole, that lines of communication. Do you know what, you, what your wife's love language is? Absolutely. Physical touch. Physical touch. So same, same with mine. I think all wives are physical touch. <laughs> I have never met a wife, a wife, a mom that's not physical touch. No, she's a mixture. She's physical touch, touch and acts of service. Well, yeah, so, her primary is oh, it's physical, physical touch. touch. Sure. Mine too. Mine's, yeah. mine's exactly the same way. Physical right? touch, yeah. acts of service. Yeah. For sure. She is the, she is a, the woman that will uh, literally sell our home if, if somebody needs the money. Oh, she, and she would too. Yeah. Yeah. So what about your kids? Do you know everybody's love language? Um, Lottie for sure is physical touch. So is Lily. Uh, Drake has to be words of affirmation. When you tell that kid good job, he lights up. Yeah. And Rosie, I don't know. I don't know what my little seven-year-old is. She's so funny. Well, seven, and they're going to – I think between one and ten, they're something. Most of them are quality time. Yeah. Right? And then once they start to develop and do like lower levels of puberty and then – some kids get hippie earlier okay. and they move into 
whatever they're going to be. I'll, I'll change Lily's. Lily's is quality time. Yeah. Lottie, physical touch. Lily, quality time. Drake, words of affirmation. Rosie, who knows? Okay, so I asked you that. You knew what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Do you realize that 95% of men don't even have a clue what I'm saying? I do. And it's... I, I actually brought it up in a TikTok. Like, yeah. do you know your partner's love language? Have you, like... And no. That's a lot of women answer. I don't mind it, my husband's, but mm-hmm. I don't know if he knows mine. Yeah, well, it's because, again, <laughs> that's that's the hard part about this this showing this idea scott it's the narrative around what it means to be a stepdad and be a man the hardest part of me connecting with a bigger audience is men don't like to ask for help we don't want to admit fault that's true we don't want to admit that we're either in the wrong or we don't know what we're doing we like to solve everyone's fucking problems like for some strange reason that's i think that's one of my biggest mistakes when i first got married is when my wife would come to me with something my immediate thing was how do i solve it what's what's the solve method right as opposed to just shutting the fuck up and, and listen and just being an ear right yeah and not saying a word nope and just, just agreeing with it yep, like just, oh, i can't oh, believe I'm that, sorry man. you're going through that honey <laughs> but i i screwed up so much on that okay. so much so but there are there that is that is going to be the vast majority of stepdads that are men that are stepdads because i gotta tell you the bio dads that are present you know these obstacles that we go through as steps parents when it comes to like figuring out what our line is and, and who can we can say and not say things to and what are they going to say? Like I said, uh-huh. the family members. Um, well, I, when you go through something, see, like I just, you showed me your little clip of your amazing movie and kids are, when you go through a divorce, kids go through the divorce too. You're going to have to be very, very in touch with your own emotions and to, to be there for them as a stepdad you're going to have to figure out how to emotionally connect with them because they've just gone through something extremely traumatic too. Maybe not just gone through it, but they've been through it. They're mm-hmm. still trying to figure out their way. Like, well, how can I have a stepdad in my life and have my real dad over there? And I, I don't get it. Like, it's why, confusing. It's confusing for kids. Why is this guy good enough for my mom? But my dad wasn't. And there's going to be resentment maybe in the beginning. And you're going to have to figure out how to emotionally connect with these stepkids. Your answer. You're just going to have to. You can fight it all you want, and you will fight it forever if you don't figure out a way to emotionally connect with these kids. And what do you think the step, the first step to that is? Find out how to connect with your own emotions. Amen. Go to count, like go to counseling. Read a self-help book for crying out loud. It does not show weakness. And I hate that, like that again. It's portrayed as a weakness. If you go to counseling, you're weak. It's the biggest sign of strength saying, I need some help to connect with my emotions. And I'm going to talk to someone about it. And I'm not afraid to admit that. That's That right there is a huge first step. It shows so much strength. Right. Saying, I, can, I need help and I'm going to get help because I do love these stepkids and I'm going to do whatever it takes to show them that. That's a good answer, man. So, and there's there are, I mean, I, I say this all the time, but I'm going to put you in a scenario. So most, most if not all stepdads, when they first get... I call it the rookie stage, right? Uh-huh. I, so I told you why this show is called the professional step dad is because that's what you want to get to a level of a professionalism. Yeah, like we all strive to be pro. You've got a lot of years, right? You're an so expert. Yeah. We all start off and like we we were drafted. You know, <laughs> we have our we have our rookie seasons. Right. Maybe we even played overseas for a year. But but you know, but we're in that those and every stage of being a step parent comes with um, the different obstacles from your rookie season to the first sure. few years and all that. Sure. But most men that don't make it out of their rookie season. So I say their first 24 months um, is because they are in it. 
we're in it. I'm here. But uh, subconsciously, that right foot is holding a door open behind him. Yeah. Why? Not fully committed to it. Right. Well, you know why? It's because we don't want to get hurt. Yeah. We're afraid of we're okay. fear of getting hurt. Because we've been hurt. And so you protect yourself and you don't want to go all in. But that just hurts the kids. Right. That just hurts the kids. When they, they see your door, your foot holding the door open. And they, they, can they see it. They can feel it. They can tell. Yeah. I tell the, I see that stepdads all the time. Look, kids are, they're fucking smart. They're so smart. And they when you think that everything. you're, they don't, you're, they're not paying attention. They're paying attention. Yeah. For they, sure. They pick up on everything. They absorb everything and they see it. They see you holding that door open with your foot and they see you not being fully committed. Commit. But it's not that easy. I know it isn't. I know it's, it wasn't, I'm not saying everything was perfect for me. It's been like, we've had our struggles, but I've, they will, they'll always know that I'm 100% in with them forever. And that's Do they huge. Have you told them though, that oh, exactly? I tell them that all the time. Good. I tell them all the time. And I tell, what I tell them all the time is, hey, kids, do you know how much I love your mom? Yeah, absolutely. I see it every day. Good. I hope you never, ever, ever question how much I love your mom and how I'm always here for your mom. Do you know how much I love you guys? Yes. Good. You know I'm going to be around forever. Yes. Good. Because I am. I'll support you forever. Just those words... Them hearing it from me means everything. They know I'm going nowhere. I'm, I'll never bail on them. I will always have their back. And I say it to them all the time. It's, it's powerful. Just like it's powerful as a dad to say it to your kids. But even I think it's even more powerful from a stepdad to stepkids. Right. It's, it's a, you're, you're in a new situation. It's, it's different than being just a dad. And for these kids to know that, okay, this – this guy that came into our life now, when's he going to leave too? When's he going to be? When's yeah, they're kind of like, they're anticipating the expiration. When's this guy going to disappear? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going nowhere. Especially with, with those bombs that have gone through five or six stepdads. Or not even stepdads, men. Sure. That, or potential stepdads. Sure. You know? But I, there are a lot of children out there that believe that it's their fault. Mm-hmm. You know? When mom and dad fight or they didn't get along or he left because it's their fault. They didn't oh, yeah. like him enough. You know, but it, the, what, what these men don't understand is the job of the kids are to protect mom. They're always going to protect the queen of the house. Period. Right? I yeah. mean, my wife's name in my phone is not my, her name. It's beautiful queen. So oh. every time it comes up, my kids see that. Right? Yeah. Because it's important for them to know that this is, this is the head of the home. Yeah. When, when, when they watch something, I'm like, you, you talk to the boss. Is your talking to the boss? You know, we know who's going to make this decision. Did you talk to her? Wait, I'm going to say yes, but it's a tentative yes until you talk to the boss. That's exactly right. You know, but they—they, they, it's that feeling of. So there are the stepdads that want to go all in, and let's say they're in, and but mistakes that they make are okay. I'm in. I'm here, uh-huh. and I'm going to jump all in on the kids. I'm going to make them love me and respect me and value me, and this is what they do. And what they lose is the connection with their partner, and uh-huh. they lose the connection with themselves, uh-huh. or they go all in on mom, and they didn't really work on who they were. So what they did is they brought their old self into this new relationship. They handle things the same way, mm-hmm. and they didn't make the connections that they needed to make when it comes to the kids. And basic connections for the kids is the love language. Oh, sure. Really, it's the simplest connection sure. you make because that's how you open up lines of communication. So they can listen and they know you're listening. Yep. Um, so that's why that whole me, us, them method, it's not something I created because I was bored. It's because that's just what I did. I worked, I made sure to work on me first because sure. if I was to parent like I parented, I mean, I would have been divorced by now. My parent would like the way I was parented. Sure. Just, it, it was. My mom shuts off. My dad is over aggressive. Okay. And that's how exactly how I was. Okay. And then the whole my wife thing, partner stuff. Dude, I, like I said, I'm a cheater. 
I'm a liar. I'm a I'm somebody that just had a problem trusting everyone, so I trusted no one. I get that, you know, so well. Yeah, and it was, and, wow. and God forbid, God forbid that anybody got to know the real me because let's just say I let you in a little bit, and I got you had to know the real me. At the first sign of me feeling that you didn't respect or value what I gave you, not only will I cut you off, but I will burn you. Oh, okay. You know, I'll burn you. Okay. And in a way, like, that doesn't need to be done. This is who I was. Sure. And if I tried to parent like that, I was, I was screwed. Yeah. You know, I was just would have been screwed. Sure. So the whole process for these stepdads, once they take that metaphorical foot out the door, right? You agree, and I both agree that personal growth is where you need to start. This, even if it's listening to fucking videos, YouTube videos. Oh my gosh, anything. There are a lot of good self-help YouTube videos out there. Tons. Tons of them. Listening to this podcast. Like, if, if more people knew about this podcast, more stepdads, this is huge. Dude, I, I, I hope, so my, my overall thing with this is, I, you know, I talked to my, my wife's like, so are you going to try to, like, are you trying to make money with this? I'm like, no. I go, what I want to do with this is I want to parlay this into speaking on stage to men and for step parents that will just want to come and learn. And the objective here is the best way to learn is for me to introduce myself. Hi, this is who I am. This is where I was. This is who I'm going to be. And then I open it up for the rest of the time to Q&A. Oh, yeah. Give me your problems. Here's some solutions. And all my solutions are geared towards... All right, uh, great question. Go work on your fucking self. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing for yourself? Yeah. Did you? Did you? When was the last time you read a book that helped you uh, expand your thinking? Yeah. Well, I didn't fucking do that. How do you feel about counseling? Yeah. I hate it. Never would. Well, step, boom. <laughs> step one. Right. When I asked you, what are your kids' love languages? Most men are like, what is my that? Love what? What is that? You know. Or if I use the word love and languages, they assume that I'm talking about some prissy girly thing, when it's not that. Love languages is probably the most masculine thing that you can do as a man. Because you're connecting with who you are first, figuring out what your love language is, then finding out what your partner's love language is, then finding out what your kid's love language is. So not only are you emotionally invested, but you are present. Dude, do you know how many women would be so thrilled if their husband walked up and be like, hey, babe, what's your love language? <laughs> just that question alone. <laughs> What? what? Did you just ask me that? Yeah. And then be like, drunk? <laughs> where did you hear that phrase? And then he would be like, well, mine is physical touch. What's your? And like, the women everywhere would be like, oh my gosh. It's real simple. Yeah. That is crazy. It's the hardest, simplest thing a man can do. True. So the, the obstacles that we place in front of ourselves, we only, most stepdads only focus on the obstacle. It's because they took their eye off whatever their end game is. I did a show the other day where I talk about start at the end, meaning you really want to become the best dad, best man, best person you can be. Sure. Take an hour and write out, pretend you're writing a story. What, do, what does your life look like 10 years from now? As a dad, and really be lay it out. I got this relationship with my daughter, with the kids, my wife and I are here. My job, you know, the success I have on social media is here. Great. You have that. Now fucking reverse engineer that. How do you get from there to there? Now go to five years. What do you want to do for that's a little bit easier than one year? Then break it down. I mean, I break things down all the way through days. Do you have to? I have to. Okay. If I don't, if I don't have a vision of where I'm going. I don't know how to get there. Okay. I have to have a clear vision. Sure. Of Will the vision change over time? Of course. Right? Of course. But, but I can't set my sail assuming that I just know where I'm going unless I've already planned out a map. i got to have this compass that pro, uh, you know, points to my true north. Okay. My true north is my purpose in life. Sure. Right? So, and 
while you're going on your journey, you're going to get off course. This is the way things go. And then you just question, readjust. Right. And that's the question. Are you doing enough work to understand how to readjust? Right. Because when most people get off course, and you know it as well as I do, discouragement sets in. Oh, yeah. Pain, struggle. You want to quit. Yep. I've, I've wanted to quit tons of times. Same. So. And you mean quit, quit, right? No, I mean fucking just quit. Yeah. Like. I if I shut that. off, like my mom used to do to me, if I shut off, which again, I still struggle with that too. Yeah. Even to this day. Yeah. I still struggle with that where like my wife and I argue. Sure. And instead of just, now mind you, I'm smart enough now to let it go quicker. So I don't stay in that negative space as long. Same. But I still, I'm still like, she'll, we'll get in an argument. And I'll, I'll, my first instinct is to bail. Not bail with family necessarily, but to bail. Like I got to get myself out of scenario right now. I'm not saying, or I won't even fucking say anything. I'll just be like, matter of fact, this happened a few days ago. My wife said something to me. I didn't feel like she's been valuing the amount of work that I've been putting into the house. Okay. And she said something about like me leaving a mess. And in my head, I'm like, I'm the one fucking cleaning up all over the place. Mm -hmm. And mind you, the only reason that's happening is because my wife is chasing her dream right now in her life. Sure. So I'm sticking up slack. And it pissed me off to no end. Uh -huh. But you didn't say anything. You were journalizing. Instead of expressing it to her, I took out the trash and I left. And I didn't come back for a few hours. Okay. And when I got back, I then talked to her. Now, rewind year one or two, if I would have done that exact same thing, I would have probably shut off for a week, two. Yeah. Easy. Without blinking. And don't talk to her. And been quiet for the whole time. And, yeah. What's wrong? I'm good. I'm good. Not wrong. Why do you guys always keep asking me what's wrong? And then I just kind of infuriate you more uh -huh. because, again, that's not knowing how to communicate. And then when you finally do open up about it, it's an explosion. Yeah, because you don't know how to freaking express your feelings in the proper way because you, I wasn't – again, I've been doing work for 10 years before I was a stepdad. I've been personal growth since like 2005. Yeah. And I'm still I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah. And – I don't know, man. I just, I'm, I'm saying this out loud to stepdads and to you because there is no end game here. Well, like there is said, no end point. It, you have to be consistently working on it, consistently getting better. And like you just said, things are going to come up today that I might not be prepared for. <laughs> but hopefully I am doing the work on the back end that it won't completely knock me off course like you were saying. And that I know how to bring my 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 point back to true north you know like you're gonna get knocked you're gonna get hit you're gonna things are gonna you're gonna face things in your life that you never thought you're gonna face you're gonna step out especially you're gonna you're gonna see things like how the hell do i navigate through right. this and yeah we might not be fully prepared but we there are things that you can do to get prepared as, as prepared as you can be i guess but right even bio parents go through stuff that they uh, can't get prepared for right i think that's what step parents step dads need to understand you're not like limited because you're a step parent you're still a parent yes we throw the word step because you know you kind of have to it's like you're late it's it's a label that i think it's you, a respect for a bio parent me too me so too. bonus whatever you want to call it. I don't, yeah um i don't need to be called bonus i'm like i said i made a whole video of why i'm a stepdad and i'm okay with it yep but there are these men like i said that when they run into these problems their first instinct is to you know, it's really easy, Scott, as a stepdad, especially for me. Let me give you my point of view. To when things weren't going right, I could easily say to myself, and if I disappear, nobody's going to fucking care anymore. Uh -huh. If I take off, no one's going to really care. How 
selfish of that was of me, of way of thinking, because I can tell you that every one of my kids, whether they were as close to me or not, would have cared. Oh my gosh. Of course. Right. Oh, that's, yeah. But that's that negative self-talk. And that's again, that's, that's something you got to work through. That's something I've had to work through. I'm the, I've been the same way. I've been the, to those lows to where like, if I disappeared right now, I mean, they buck up a little bit, but I mean, they I think overall it. people would be better off. Like yeah. that's, those are the things like I've told myself that multiple times. Like I should probably just bounce like the, the world, my family, the kids, they'd all be better off without they'll be, me. Uh, they'll be fine without me. And it's so not true. Yeah. Like you said, that is a selfish, awful way of thinking. Give your, like, if you don't value yourself enough to see that, that if you disappeared, it would be devastating to anyone around you. Like, you need to get help. You need to find that value in yourself. You have to start with the me before you can throw yourself into the us and them. You have to start with the me and find that value in yourself. Did you say that for me or did you say that to yourself? Yes. <laughs> me, for sure, 100%. You know, I was going to tell you a second ago, and I forgot to tell you. You said a second ago what you told your kids about how you're never going to leave. You're always going to be there. The kind of dad you are. Yeah. Right? Um, that feeling that you have when you delivered that, just so you and I are on the same page, you should take that feeling of the way you delivered that and use that in the way you decide or how you navigate your way through your oldest daughter. Mm. I really think you should because the way you deliver was so genuine and so honest mm -hmm. that even if I was really fucking pissed at you, Scott, I would still listen to you, if that made sense. Because you weren't trying to, you weren't trying to uh, impress me. You weren't trying to convince me. You know, you were kind of just speaking to yourself like an inner monologue that just decided to come out. Yeah, which is really cool to watch, by the way. Okay, really cool to hear. I, and I really, I, I encourage you to take whatever that feeling was uh -huh. and kind of parlay that into. Something that you have no control over. Okay. Because you have no fucking control over that scenario. No, I don't, but that makes a lot of sense to hear you say that. Um, it was just a place of pure love and right. honesty. Right. So, and that's who you are, right? Yeah. And that's who and that's who you know that you are. And you're not gonna you're not gonna be persuaded or pushed into any other direction. Nope. So this is who you are now. Okay. So that's not who you are before, right? And that's not who you were ten fucking minutes ago. No, you're right. You you've grown you've grown in in the last hour yeah and i'm only saying that to you man because i feel like one of the reasons that it's harder to have that relationship you want with your with your oldest daughter brother is because for some reason they can't see your change and i can't tell and i can't for the life of me see why and maybe they're just not hearing enough so maybe you need to shout it fucking louder okay okay again this is just one no. man's point of view and perspective. And I, I love it. And I honestly appreciate it so much. I'll, I'll be louder. Yeah, fucking louder. You okay. said it yourself. Look at this. I mean, you made a promise a long time ago, right? It's hard. It, the hardest thing you can do is that. Okay. It's fucking follow the, when you shoot a jump shot, what happens if you don't fucking flick your wrist? Oh, it's, it's, it's all over the wrist. Yeah, you're ending up short. You're done, right? It's, <laughs> I, it, so I made these for one for my son because to remind each other to follow through playing basketball. Two, to remind myself to always follow through with what I say I'm going to do in my life, with my marriage, and with the kids. Oh, amazing. There's a million different reasons. For sure. Okay, so let's see how long we've been going. We've been going for a minute. It's been fun. Okay, so we're a little bit over an hour. All right, so let's, let's wrap it up. If you had to sum up your life, the Scott Henry life, 
right? Today, what would be three adjective words that you could use? Oh, descriptive words to describe you and your, your world. Not the people in it, you. It's a tough question, right? That is a tough question. Genuine? Crazy? And genuine, crazy, and I, I don't know, stubborn. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's stubborn, both good and bad. If if I'm if somebody told me that I should leave my family and I kept telling them no, it's because I'm being fucking stubborn. I'm gonna be right? stubborn. I'm, I'm a, it's a loving stubborn though. Stubborn to the point where, like, I was kicked multiple times in a row in succession, and I was still like, I'm fucking go back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight back. Yeah. You're not gonna get rid of me, type of stubborn. So I like those words. Yeah. I asked that, I asked that to, to people that I talked to because um, it was described to me a long time ago to describe yourself in three adjective words because that would be the best way you could deliver yourself to people. So, as an actor, and you've kind of seen on this world a little bit, a little bit, you go to an audition, and the rejection process is fucking extreme. I've heard it's like, it, it is like devastating. It is. It is the very first audition I ever had. I was asked to leave the room before I spoke. Oh, and mainly because I didn't understand what I was doing there. Like the nomenclature that they used, they, I stood in front of them and they go, okay, can you slate for us? Slate. I, yeah. I, I would have been like, huh? It's what I said. I go, what's that? And the guy goes, looks over left. And he goes, thanks for coming in. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I left. And I'm like, Hey, maybe they like me. I didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> then I found out Slate literally just means your name and your agency. No. That's all it means. Can you Slate for us? Yeah. Franco Zavala, Agency Arizona. Thank you. And then you go. That's how easy it would have been. And I was fucking lost. But I ran into this guy in LA and we were talking about adjective words to describe you, which then I parlay this into my kids now. And I parlay this into like classes that I teach for, I teach confidence classes to uh, teenage girls and like between 10 and 16 in dance studios because that environment is so negative that I go in and I just fucking change everybody's perspective okay it's so much fun okay and it includes dance it includes like crying meditate i mean everything it's fun like i'll i'll throw shit in like the greatest showman and i'm like we're like yeah i mean you you if you think you're in the movie you're in the movie if you these classes are fun but i use these adjectives okay because it was told to me so i was told to describe myself in three people and then based off that i can come up with a scenario that can best describe who i am as a person so mine was i'm focused I'm very focused on what I do. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm determined. Okay. I love that. And I'm cuddly. Oh. Right. I mean, I'm just I am. Right. Yeah. So when I go into auditions now, and if if the director, or the producer, well, they'll say things like, uh, "Tell us a little bit about yourself." So if I was to ask you that, tell me a little bit about yourself. What would you say? Oh. <laughs> Dude, these questions. Yeah. yeah. I have to think about this. Well, you know, tell, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell us. So remember, there's people in front of you, camera rolling. People in the room. Scott, tell us uh, the raised or Utah. Not tell me where you're from. Oh. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> See how hard it is? That it's sucks. not fucking easy. Yeah. Right? So what I do now, I used to do the same thing. Well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm Hispanic. I'm from a small town. I got five. No, no, no. We didn't say where you were from or who you used in your life. Tell us about you. And what they're asking is, is that can you properly identify you? Oh. Right? So now, using the words that I have, if a director or producer says, uh, all right, Franco, tell us a little about yourself. I'm like, it's oh, a great, I always say, that's a great question. Um, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a gangster. Oh, or, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a bunny in gangster clothing. Oh. And then I don't say anything. I say, I'm a bunny in gangster clothing. Oh, and then I shot me. Right. So what usually they'll go, what does that mean? Yeah. What, are you, what are you trying to say? And I yeah. go, um, 
Well, from the outside, if you look at me, I've got tattoos. If I wore a wife beater and we was late at night and we were walking down an alleyway, yeah. chances are you're crossing the street. Okay. Right? But if you get to know me, you know that I cry at movies, that I love to cuddle, I like popcorns. My kids and I freaking are crying at Disney films all the time. So I'm a gangster. I'm a, I'm a bunny, but I, I've got gangster clothing. Oh, I love that. And they immediately know that I know who I am. Okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be anybody else but me. You can use me in a movie, but don't put me in a show or a TV or commercial where I'm going to abuse somebody, where I'm going to be a murderer. I just will never do stuff like that because it's just I'll never connect with that person. Okay, yeah. They'll put me in a scenario where I'm a dad or I'm like a teacher or a mentor or I'm an individual that needs to look tough, but then behind closed doors, yeah. you know, he's snuggling. Yeah, it's me. Okay. Right? So that's what the three adjectives work for. That's why I asked. That's that. really cool. It's pretty fun, especially when you do it with your kids because then you come up with a fun little my whole I'm a bunny and gangster clothing thing is just something I came up with because I'm cuddly, so are bunnies. I'm I'm focused and determined, but the way I look in the way you still wouldn't approach me. If you yeah, <laughs> listen, if I want to, Scott, if I want to, I can intimidate the shit out of someone. Oh, I'm sure. Right, but but it, but me breaking character and laughing was is pretty high also. Like I could, I could intimidate you for a few minutes, maybe a few seconds if I'm like depending on what the scenario is, but. I'm going to probably end up loving you anyway. Oh, okay. Kind of person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's why we do, that's why I close like this and I, I talk to people and I have these things because I believe that it's our job and you're on that path right now. Mm -hmm. with the shows you're doing and the things that you've done, it's our job to change the way the world's seen. Yeah. You know, and it's our job to change and to put a stop to people that just want to be assholes. Yeah. And Absolutely. I wish more people would do the things that you do. So you need to know that what you do, man, is I think you already know you affect the world. Right. And I don't know how many people get to really tell you that other than commenting, maybe stitching or, or duetting yeah. your videos. Yeah. But in real life, from a from a dad's point of view, from an outsider's perspective, from somebody that went out of the way to get a hold of you so I could talk to you, um, you're making you're 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 making a real change. Oh. And you're 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 affecting real change. Your job now, because this is your job now, your job now is to put on the fucking cape like you're supposed to and go. Okay. And I think, I think you know that. Okay. So I, most of the time I do. But you need to know that. You need to know that because you're, look, your kids are watching you. Ah, oh, you're right. Your wife's name is Holly, correct? She is. She's watching you. I know. Okay. Okay. You keep saying, okay, okay. Like, no, I'm not, it, it is. It's like trying to internalize it. Yeah. I'm internalizing it, trying to remember all of these amazing things. I'll for sure have to download this episode and re-listen to it about a thousand times. <laughs> Like it's just talking to you. It's enlightening, and I hope I hope people get out of it. What I'm getting out of it, like, I hope so too, man. Just sitting here talking to you, it's it's eye opening, and it's good, and it's healthy, and it's it's what a lot of people need to hear. So right back at you, That's yeah. What you just said to me, like keep I appreciate going, that. Keep keep your cape on, and just keep going. Okay, we'll end with this. If you had to give your last piece of advice to a stepdad is finding himself in the trenches and struggling, what do you say? We've all been there. You're not alone, and. Just know the value in yourself. If you're struggling right now and you don't know what to do, just know we've all been there. We've all felt it. And you can get yourself out of it. You can pull yourself up and it will get better. Hang in there.